This podcast is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thanks to Hedwig for being awful. Hello and welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Mod Pencil. I'm not paper. Today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... One of the best parts about world building is creating unique takes on the classical mythological concepts. Revel in this feeling by creating 20 different takes on demons slash elves slash wizards etc and rolling randomly at the start of each session to see which one is used this week. Now I like this because it's introduced the concept of slash wizards. <laughs> that is take that is take number 14 is entirely slash fic every time a wizard is on screen. Yeah. That's so that's that's one of them. Mm. Is this 20 different takes about like each each thing or just 20 total takes? Like I was imagining twenty takes for each thing, but I do like the idea of like you end a session fighting vampires, and then you roll a dice, and next week it's unicorns, and no one mentions anything different. It's that's always pretty... unicorns. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I quite like the idea of just going. Okay, this um, in this session we've got twilight vamp- vampires. But in the next session, we've got vampires who have to count rice if you drop the rice. Like well, one thing I was thinking about for making it actually a good idea rather than nonsensical unicorns, yeah, is if you're doing a more horror or mystery game, it can kind of possibly more horror make it like less able to get used to what the monsters can do. If yeah. they're like, yeah. Because one of the issues with like vampires in particular is, you know, everyone knows what the vampire weaknesses are. Everyone knows what the vampire powers are. Yeah, absolutely. I I do find it interesting um, in, in horror films, all kind of horror media. There's one one of the th- make or break things is getting the rules right. Mm. You need to establish pretty early on, like okay these are the fast zombies or these are the slow zombies or yeah something like that and if you if you mess it up then people are just not with you they're not going to follow you mm. on that journey yeah so i i think this definitely this rates as probably as probably bad mm. because yeah well, you're mess- yeah. if you're messing with the mechanics in between it would be fun and chaotic. It would either but... go really well, or your players would bludgeon you to death with the rule books. I feel, but you know, there's a chance it could go really well. Probably bad RPG ideas takes no responsibility if you're bludgeoned to death by rule books. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like um, ah. It's like introducing midi-chlorians partway through a franchise. Which is obviously always a good idea, but carry on. Yeah. I really liked it in Godfather Part 3. When um, Al Pacino um, turns to... um, I don't know, Don Pasquale. And there's like... 
Oh, your midichlorian count is so high. This is probably a really bizarre episode for like everyone who's watched the previous ones. We're now yeah, giving the it's a very it's a very special one of the one of the regular hosts has the Roni, so mm. you know things are gonna get weird. Anywho, um, but yeah, the other sort of if maybe you go down from every session because um, that probably will become I think with some some things like demons or. I think this could potentially work well with like demons and ghosts and things because by definition that's much more of a broad area. Yeah, like different roles for what you summon with different like summoning rituals or what have you. Yeah, I find those things are very good um like in uh I can imagine in a monster of the week thing mm. being able to it's a good way in an episode of something or a session of something to be able to completely have a completely different dynamic, a different sort yeah. of format. Yeah, Especially if you, if you take it like down a kind of um, like reboot Doctor Who monster kind of angle of, okay, you only remember this creature so long as you can smell it. Mm. You just need to keep on taking a whiff. Otherwise, you're just gonna just gonna blank on it. I'm pretty certain I've seen that Stephen Moffat. That that is, I think, a sense that is not mm. commonly utilised in a in a tabletop setting. Mm. You get you know you get eyes and ears. Whether or not you know you've got dark vision, um, working out what your elf eyes see, but maybe. Maybe part of these new rules, these um, 20 different takes, is that, you know, you got new smell rules. That is Get what some interactive all... smell vision That is what we're all clamoring for in RPGs, is new smell rules. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking, yeah, the other way of sort of... I guess would be if you had, like, what werewolves are like normally and then occasionally have, like, variants. So you have the existing set of rules of what werewolves are like. But, yeah, if you if you establish early on that this is different from other werewolves, it could work as, like, yeah, like with the demons, a way to shake things up a bit. Especially yeah. if the campaign's been going on long enough that... That what happens to my voice there. If the campaign's been going on long enough that people are, like, used to, okay, this is what a werewolf does, and we're going to stop this werewolf. Yeah, they've they've adapted um like like the Borg. Mm. They're no they're no longer vulnerable to silver, but you can mm. get them with some uh cubic zirconia. Mm. This this werewolf just has a gun. It just transforms from a man into a man with a gun on the full moon. A weird gun. Yeah. <laughs> Used to keep order around the waterways. See, isn't it already a terrifying concept? Yeah, and I'm so sorry for that gag. It's it's okay. I have already cancelled the podcast like three times over um, papers puns. So, 
Yeah. I feel you I feel I feel you're fitting in already. Good. Good. Yeah, I, d- I think there is definitely a, a way to make this work properly. If if you make it all about how these creatures may adapt to um to weaknesses and and things like that. Yeah. And there's definitely a way to make a very fun farcical campaign out of it as well. So I, I think that's my my favorite kind of idea where you can there's some some uh, tabletop concepts are just the best ones are the ones you can take in either either direction. Either seriously or now all vampires can shoot their heads at people. Yeah, like um in that campaign um in campaigns we've we've played yeah in campaigns we've played we've had like some uh paladins who are just um the straight up kind of I'm the party leader, I'm a sober adult, which is useful in a party um, yeah. to have that kind of person, just a regular hero type. And then on the other hand, I had a paladin who was a school inspector. Yeah. I had, I had, as I mentioned before, Pete the Pathetic Paladin, who was just so bad at being evil that he became a paladin. And yeah. That's the definition of failing upwards. Yeah. I feel, you're, I feel that the two should team up. Not for any particular reason. Just the shitty Paladin League. Yeah. I think one one thing that you should definitely um definitely consider changing is all too often you get a kind of you know with vampires you get a very a classic Bela Lugosi yeah um kind of voice and I I think you just need to just need to switch that up so you've just got so 20 often. 20 different like Aesthetics for vampires. Yes, definitely. Like you Costume roll and changes. yeah, you roll and these ones um, ride skateboards and talk like early ni- like people in the forties trying to sound cool in the early nineties. I like it. That's that's a strong one. Mm. I'm also a fan of the idea. Village people, <laughs> just all of those. Just that's a couple of looks right there. Um, what um, like maybe not the headdress one, the not the ceremonial headdress. That's a bit dicey. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do like vampire vampire the requiem, but each of the clans is based around a different village. Like you get rid of the existing, like you got the spooky vampires and the aristocratic vampires, and they're all just different village people. Okay, so um, goths, jocks, preps. I I would quite like to see some preppy <laughs> preppy vamps. They, they can be like the halfway twist in the My Immortal role playing game. Excellent. Okay, I I think we need to do a My Immortal role playing <laughs> game. Everybody, every character is a self insert, um, kind of Mary Sue yeah. type who gets to make out with the the hottest characters. Although, that may be a problem because I find that it's like when you make yourself 
when you're playing The Sims, mm. and then the virtual version of you gets a job immediately <laughs> and has the willpower to, to work out all the time and just has a great attention span, does things for hours and gets great at them, and then you go, oh no, I've done this for six hours. What the shit? Yeah. So that's the pitfall of the My Immortal um, TTRPG. I mean, do you have a pitfall? Do you have a pitfall as it doesn't exist? I suppose. Yes. Um, and as Anselm said, a good thing is better if it exists. Yeah. So, I feel we. I don't know if we technically speaking discussed the idea, but we certainly discussed something. We've we've brought up some concepts mm. that will stay with me for long after we've done this episode. So, um, questions. Yes, questions. Before we move on to questions, I ought to plug the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash probably bad RPG ideas. You can subscribe in varying amounts from um, upwards of one single unit of your chosen currency to about 20? Yeah, I think 20 is the current highest. And the lowest tier will get you access to the Discord server, while higher tiers mean you get homebrew um, at 10, bonus content starts at 5, and if you're truly awful and send £20 a month, you get mentioned every episode so the world knows what you've done. It can be your legacy for eternity. Yes. So, questions. So, our first question comes from Justin. Uh, Man, I like your content. It's great. Thank you. I already love this question. Uh, What I'd like to know is how you guys come up with your possibly good ideas. Yeah, given that mod paper is currently ill, I guess I will have to explain how I come up with answers. Okay, and I'll make something up. That wasn't the centre question. How I come up with ideas? I'm sorry, it's been... The world has been ending. It's been a stressful time. Mostly with me, it is partly from actual role-playing games because most of the people I roleplay with are have high chuckle-fuck energy, no offence to any of them listening. Um, so it's usually fairly easy to just take things that they do and exaggerate them and make them into an idea. Otherwise, like, I don't know, it's hard to specifically say I have, like, a, I'm going to sit down and come up with 20 RPG ideas. It is just things pop into my mind and then I put them on the internet and then people apparently like them. So that was possibly a very unhelpful answer to your question and let's see if not papers made up bullshit is any better. What I find helps is you have to find a black goat 
And if you can't find a black goat, just find any other color of goat, but put it in a darkened room. And you take it to the crossroads at midnight. And you tickle its belly. So does it then, like, give out RPG ideas instead of laughing? Or is it after doing that, you're granted RPG ideas? Well, then what happens is Satan turns up, looks at you and says, what the hell are you doing? And you just have a moment of unbroken eye contact. Maybe 20 seconds, touching 30. And, you know, once that's once that's done, you, you'll, you'll be able to get some kind of boon in exchange for just not being like that. And one of those boons can be getting probably bad RPG ideas just straight into your noggin. I will, I will try this um, once, so, once like social distancing is lifted so I can be within two meters of Satan. Uh, yeah, I'll try this and see if it helps. You're already... I've said, you're already huh? I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You don't need to be socially distant from a goat. <laughs> but yeah, so you've only, you've only been in like one episode. You're already helping the process of probably bad RPG ideas a lot. I appreciate it. I mean, this is not... Um, yeah, not my usual role. I'm usually just reading out patrons and um, producing behind the scenes. But now I'm producing in front of the scenes, which is a whole different vibe. Oh, I, I, sometimes, um, I sometimes come up with terrible ideas. Um, and I, I find that the, the approach tends to be just kind of... I mean, some some things I think have ended up on the blog um, from from time to time, just uh, ages ago. But when or what's the least um, what's the least high fantasy thing? Yeah. Ago, I, I had a campaign where I think my um, my character's goal was to start a circus. Yeah. I, yeah, I do remember in a game, in a game paper was running, which, yes, you, yes, you were in, where everyone decided they were just going to set up a theatre troupe and ignore the actual plot points. That was very fun. I think we ended up coming up with some in-universe plays to go yeah. with that. Um there was the beautiful two-hander, my dinner with Grognach, um, which was thought-provoking as it was boring. Although, Demmed Man and his executioner the night before the execution. Which, you know, there's some, there's some tensions mm. in there. There's something you can do with that. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like a lot of the games were in... Production. The end- called The Council is Rubbish. 
that we put on to attempt to take down this totalitarian society. I mean, it's, it, it, it sort of succeeded, if I recall correctly. Swords. But we had fun, and with the distraction, we managed to um, sneak into the palace. So it was good for something. Hmm. Yeah, I think the kind of people we play with, we, we run a mile from any kind of super serious high fantasy. Yeah. We, the worlds that we do stuff in, they tend to be relatively um, like well fleshed out and put together. Um, Mod Paper's got a new one, which is really interesting. There's a lot of um, squirrel people and bug people alongside yeah. classic uh, D&D races. And I think that's something that really helps, having that having that well-fleshed-out world, but where people are still people. They're ve- so we can have these characters that are, like, I don't know, a used wagon salesman or something. Yeah. Okay, now I want to do that. That's That might be my next uh, player character after, after like my this- current one, which mm. I think is... A oh god, what is it? It's a squirrel private investigator who sounds like Sean Connery. Okay, yeah, exciting. Mm. But yeah, I, th- I I think we've covered um, mm. how to come up with bad ideas. Yeah, I've done my bit for that. Okay, so next question is from Gina Lanetti for president. Hi, I will GM a Lady Blackbird game soon, having never played it before. Do you have any ideas or tips? Birdseed, stock up. Otherwise, they will not respect you. Yes, so, how, like, so I've never played Lady Blackbird before, which is already a great start for giving some advice on it. But I know a friend who is very into it and has been trying to persuade me to play it for the past several years. And, like, the main thing they've been talking about is, like, it is different from other role-playing games. Like, it's a lot more... Because you have pre-made characters... Yeah, it it is different from other role-playing games because you have different characters... uh, Because you have pre-made characters. So it's a lot more kind of focused, but also because everyone is involved in world building as opposed to just the GM. So basically most of it is a kind of, like all RPGs are to some extent uh, improv, um, improv games. But with this one, it's a lot more try and a lot more go with the flow kind of thing. Because you don't have your own characters and because other people have more control than in lots of games. It is, yeah, one of the ones which is maybe a lot more about the destination than about winning in a way that, say, D&D can often be. Okay. As somebody who is a professional who's 
done all the necessary research, I, of course, know what this system is. But for our listeners, <laughs> do you want to maybe um, give a lowdown on it? So, Lady Blackbird, for those of you who have not done all the research, it's, it's a nominally a steampunk game. Uh, you are uh, Lady Blackbird, a noble is um, taking a trip through space and uh, has been captured by um, malicious forces and you are her and her assorted like retinue who are trying to form a story about it. And yes, the way it works is it is so it's got a fairly basic rule system you roll dice and things happen and that's basically one page of you roll dice and these happen but it's each character sort of can answer questions about the world and can sort of decide things about the world so yeah it's kind of a story thing and also like story thing where people where the players have like a lot more influence over the story than in say other games where okay. you basically the GM tells you things and that is what happens. Bear in mind, I I haven't actually played it, so if what I said is just horribly wrong, feel free to send in extremely insulting emails about my rejection of Lady Blackbird. Yep, and if I get anything wrong, don't at me. I don't really care. Um, I'm only here, only here for a week. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Feel, feel free to address all your angry emails to not not paper, who will be vanishing soon, and thus. Yeah, definitely. Um, that does sound interesting. Kind of, it's like some element of freedom. Hmm. Is sacrificed in terms of uh, like character creation in order to have greater yeah. freedom in another direction. That's yeah. Like it's think... really interesting. Like I'm not big on um, steampunk stuff hmm. as a as a rule, but I like the the broader concepts it's playing with. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's sort of part of the reason of making it so you play your own character, like you play a free chosen character, is, yeah, to make it feel more like you're telling a story than you're trying to have your character win. But yeah, I think those are sort of things I would... Yeah, so basically it's a very go-of-the-flow game, I feel. So don't be... Don't veto people's decisions, which is good advice in generally in GMing. Okay, what if I was a player and I said um, in in this steampunk game, and I said cogs are illegal? Okay, so that might be a problem. I think I think it is the case that like other players can like not veto, but like I know. I guess you could be like. You're smuggling cogs, which the system needs because it's a steampunk system, but it is illegal because one of the characters is a smuggler. Okay. What if I didn't want it to be steampunk so much as I wanted it to be scarpunk? 
is there room for that? Uh, I feel like, okay, to clarify my existing advice, there possibly is a point at which someone is going, I am going to be Gandalf, and this is just going to be the Lord of the Rings word for word. But maybe <laughs> you do need to, like, like veto a little bit. There we go. I feel like this is exemplifying how I how I approach tabletop gaming. Just okay, like I was saying before, how do I break it? Um, yeah, like it is one of those more experimental. My suggestion games. seems to be the the point at which it's okay to say or oh, no. Hmm. Yeah, like basically, if you're saying something that mod yes. that not paper would say, then maybe it's okay to be. No offense. But yes, uh, we only have two questions this week, presumably because everyone is trapped inside their houses. Yep, only. Only yes. two. That's about it for today. If you have a question, you can send it to us on Tumblr and let us know it's for the podcast. Or email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to me for editing and equipment. If you want to support the show, please head over to www.patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas where you can donate at 1, 5, 10, or 20 pounds a month tiers. You can also support us by leaving a review or rating on your podcatcher of choice or follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, or Facebook. And don't forget to have a probably bad day. And don't forget to have a probably bad day. It's remember, isn't it? You always see remember.